0: Hey, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast like I did? I I thought I was crazy and I just did it. When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on all the apps and and get people to listen? And and how do I make money from it? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Crazy, right? I love Anchor. It's easy and you should use it too. So if you always wanted to do your own podcast and start making money, go to Anchor. Backslash start That's anchor.fm start To join me And the diverse community of podcasters Already using Anchor That's anchor.fm start Can't wait to hear your podcast Thanks Welcome to the podcast Where street smart Business smart All kinds of smart people Share their insights into the world of marketing Career journeys And personal growth So sit back I'm prepared to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I am here with an awesome guest, somebody I've known for a bunch of years here in the recruiting world in New York, someone who's been a great resource to me and to others. Kelly Milner, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome, and Kelly is the Talent Acquisition Manager over at Critical Mass. Kelly, tell us a little bit before we dig in, just a little bit about your background, a little bit what you do uh, at Critical Mass, and we'll go from there.
1: Sure, well, my background is I am a designer, I was a designer, um, and I fell in love with building the design teams, so recruitment, sort of seemed to be that natural transition out of my career as a designer into um, to where I am now. Critical Mass is a user uh, journey, user experience shop. We focus on the delivery and the discovery of our products. We work with all clients like BMW, um, Citibank, uh, and, and Norwegian Cruise Lines, things like that. Um, our headquarters are in Calgary. New York City is our front door. We're just about 1,000 people, um, and I love it.
0: That's incredible. And and Kelly and I uh, got our, our roots, our foundation in recruiting at the same place at Onward Search. Um, and I could definitely speak for me. I don't want to put words in Kelly's mouth, but really provided me with a real solid foundation into recruiting and really understanding the art and science of recruiting and really understanding that it comes down to relationships. And I believe that's really what both of us, um, you know, hold closest to us with, with, with our candidates and our internal, um, relationships as well so one of the things that i'd like to do in this podcast is really provide the job seekers out there with true value add some some tactical actual practical uh advice as you go through your career journey and what better way to do that is going right to the source and bringing you know great in-house recruiters like kelly on board to really answer a lot of your questions so i feel there's some questions out there and um we're just going to jump right to it and really help you guys so you know first question a lot of people ask you know i send my resume in is it going to a black hole and what is this acronym ATS like what does that mean and what happens to my resume when I when I hit apply so if you could pull back that curtain a little bit and and just (laughs) tell everybody you know what happens when their when their resume goes out into the out into the interwebs
1: sure um it does depend on the role itself um it, it a lot of roles um where people apply, yes, they do go into black holes, I will be honest. Um, but there are roles that don't always do that. So be very mindful. It's, it's, it's to, to be mindful of where you're at in what career uh, your, your your path is. And I am a focusing on the creative. I don't generally look at people that apply. I'm generally looking for a good creative book. I'm generally looking for somebody who's in an agency similar to where I am. Mm-hmm. At this time, it's critical mass, so I look for people who think like us. So this is the, so I know agencies out there that think like critical mass, so I know that if they hire those people, that that person probably will um, be a fit for critical mass. Um, applying if you are a account director is a good idea. Applying if you are a producer is a good idea. Um, applying, you know, if you are, uh, if you have a book and you, I'm not seeking you out and you want to send me your book, um, be really mindful of, for example, for where, what agency you're applying for. Um, I do get a lot of creatives that will send me a book and they have 360 work, which means they have television and radio and OOH and print and digital, you know, for my particular situation, I'm in an all digital shop. So be mindful of what you're doing. Don't just blast. Be very thoughtful in, in where you are sending your work.
0: And I, and I couldn't agree with you more. And, and and that's a piece that's been coming up a lot in conversations like this. It's about relevance, right? Think about the role, not just the role you're applying for, but the type of company. In, in, in the digital marketing world, in the creative world, especially in New York City, agencies uh, could be very niche, right? And if you're you know a 360 designer and you're applying to a uh, experiential shop, it's probably not right. So just really be mindful of what you're applying for. Now, Kelly, what's what's a good way that candidates, aside from aside from applying, what's a good way that a candidate um, could get on your radar?
1: Networking. It's all about networking. Go out into events, go to meetups, go to happy hour. Um, if you know somebody who knows somebody at an agency you want to be at, um, I'd... Bother them, ask them um, that 's sure because if that person 's willing to stick up for you and we 've already hired that person that 's better than a, a cold application um, that That is truly the best way. My numbers actually do break out into forty eight percent of my my hires in critical mass were from referrals thirty three were from my network, just people that I knew I knew of me, and then nineteen percent was just um, Applicants.
0: That's incredible because we really haven't talked much about actual hard numbers. And when you see, you know, the metrics behind it, you really see the power of actual networking yep. um, and the results. So a couple of quick rapid fire questions for you. Um, cover letters, yes or no?
1: Depends on the role. All
0: right. Um, thank you notes. Do you do you like to yes. see them? Yes or no? Cool.
1: Yes, emails are fine.
0: Emails cool. So let's go back to cover letters for a second there and dig in uh, for a little bit what are the the cases when a cover letter is appropriate and how have you seen cover letters go wrong
1: um cover letters are good for people maybe switching their careers maybe explaining a gap uh, maybe and maybe somebody out of college um somebody who maybe really wants you know it isn't so clear cut to me their path or where they've been going in their career um so, I would advise a, a a cover letter not very long i mean honestly a pair, two three sentences just this is where i 'm at in my life um as somebody who 's switched her career three times i am very i have a warm heart for people who switch their careers and and i 'm a very uh will Absolutely, get on the phone and at least chat with them if I can. Um, if you're a designer um, and you have a, v- a visual book, you're in FX or you're in something uh, writing. Um, I don't need a cover letter. I-, I just need to see really good work.
0: Have you seen a, a time when a cover letter has hurt somebody's candidacy?
1: Yes. You, well, I not. I mean, I can't give a specific example, but if you have a typo, I'm not. I'm not.
0: Especially if you're a copywriter. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to send you forward. <laughs> you will be deleted.
0: It's so funny. I mean, we, we could exchange you know war stories you know all day long, and it's so funny. I for me, when I see a cover letter come through, and it has the wrong company's name in it, yeah. and that oh, person that. didn't take that that half a second. Like, just come on, you're 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 applying for a job at you know XYZ company, and you sent it to one two email address and and everything. It's like, yeah, it, it, it's it's certainly careless. There. But let's dig into something that that I hear a lot. Um you know, recruiters as a whole, we get a bad name for, for those bad recruiters that mm-hmm. don't do things the right way. Um, talk to us about your approach to feedback. And we're talking about if you need to disposition a candidate and tell them uh, that they didn't get the job. And, and let's talk a little bit, not about like, you know, rejecting an initial application. We're talking about somebody that has invested their own time. You know, maybe they've been into the office a few times and they're at that final stages and it comes down to, you know, them and another candidate and your company went in another direction how do you approach feedback? How do you handle that?
1: I, I do. I'm very honest. I, I am the recruiter that I wanted as a designer. So I've always wanted to know where it went off rails. Um, the and, and I, the one thing I can, we cannot change as recruiters, and you know this, and everybody should know this, um, is the energy between that person and the hiring manager. That's just something you're never going to know until they're on the, they're meeting face to face. and And that's, Unfortunately, when it comes down to something like that, generally, I just, I'll spin it and just say your skills don't match the client needs. Um, I won't, because it's really hard to explain to somebody, you know, it's like dating. It's like, well, it, the first date didn't work. Well, why? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's just one of it's the It's chemistry. It it's chemistry. Right. Um, it's not always
0: about the skill set, right? It's also about the chem. I mean, right. you work with these people all day long and they have right. to have that vibe. And we're not talking about the word culture fit. We're talking about actual just human energy of people getting along and feeling like they could work together. And especially in that creative world where you really, 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 need to be collaborative, right? And having those creative juices be flowing, right? And that's critical as well. Right. Cool. Appreciate that. So let's, I want to switch gears for a little bit. Talk to us about some of the creative areas that you specialize in. Um, I mean, I know what they are, but I want to talk a little bit deeper about some of these.
1: So my area is UX, UI product, um, and the visual obviously and just nice design. That's it for that's where I'm at right now. Um in my past I've done the three sixty. Um, but I definitely prefer the where the digital space is going. I definitely prefer where how we're getting how we're using utilizing UX, getting into that. Um, and so that's where I specialize in.
0: And for, for, for everyone out there who doesn't know, how would you how would you explain? And I always call it my mom common denominator when I have to explain something to my mom, like what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? How would you explain the difference between UI and a UX designer?
1: So UX, all of both parties, both disciplines care about the user journey. And so the user journey is some is the journey you have on an app. So if you think if you're on your phone and you're on your bank application phone um, and you click and click and click and you go, that's a whole journey. That's what we all focus on. Um, UX is focusing on actually that actual tangible journey the ui part makes it look good so if that that's simplifying it believe me i i'm sure i it's a lot deeper than that but for to grandma that's (laughs) what it is
0: yeah absolutely and and you know generally speaking you know the recruitment industry what what could we do as recruiters better as an industry
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I honestly, I think it comes down to um, being that full transparency. I am, I am. That's the number one feedback I constantly get from my candidates is you're honest. You know, I will tell them we talk salary up front because at my speech is what I don't want to have happen is get to the end of this and then realize our numbers are so far off. You know, I'm unable to guarantee anything you're going to tell me, but I need a temperature check um so it's that full transparency it's not selling the old way which which is what i always think of it as is like selling snake oil like just you know being really honest with somebody um i've even been in situations where i've tried to talk candidates out of coming to you know my agencies that i'm i'm currently residing in because i don't think that they want it you know i think they want something else you know they're motivated by a different by a different, um, passion. I think the other thing too, is absolutely educating hiring managers, Um, educating them that the world is changing. There has to be a level of training. There has to be a level of, um, of, um, patience, you know, people, you know, this, I, I'm always honest with my hiring managers. I tell them that they're not going to get quantity. They're going to get quality. So that means that I might be silent for a week or I might be, you know, I'm in one particular case, I have two open roles in, Na- in our Nashville office and I sent the hiring manager three people and she's hiring two. So like it's kind of, but I set that expectation up both, both the candidates and my hiring managers.
0: Got it. No, that that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, to, and what can candidates, I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit better, but like just generally speaking, you know, what can candidates do better in the whole hiring process
1: it's a we, kind of exactly what we talked about being relevant understanding where you're, where your agencies you're targeting um, that that 's truly the way you know to get in the into the door um, you know I, if you 're starting out I think I just read today on LinkedIn college kids have to uh, send out fifty resumes to get one or two um, offers. Um, it's it's all about networking if you want to be a writer um start a blog if you want to be a designer please and you want to get into digital design please do not send me a pdf you know i need to see a website i need to see that you actually understand the media in which you're working in
0: um
1: if you know and if you want to be an account director you want to get into account management pump up your resume with numbers i handled x amount of millions of dollars on this account i hand you know what i mean like it's kind of you have six seconds to catch our attention. How are you going to do that? Get your sizzle ready. You know, if you, and I'm, and I'm serious, if you are in an elevator with a hiring manager, I mean, if I was in an elevator with, you know, Kevin Share and I was like, you know, I'm like, I wanna be a recruiter at Google, um, you know, th- that, um, it would be, uh, you know, I'm a designer who fell in love with building design teams. That's my sizzle. That's why you hire me. That's why you know I'm good with creative.
0: And, and I think you hit the nail on the head there, right? Like, I think that candidates need to understand that we do not have 20 minutes to dig deep, super deep, like immediately into your resume. It really has to catch our attention quickly. It has to be relevant for what we're looking for. And I'm not talking about just, you know, word matching. We as recruiters know the type of profile, the type of people that we're looking for a specific job. That's what we're getting paid for, right? That's where our specialty is, and that's really what we do best. So I think candidates need to take a lot of ownership themselves and not throw us recruiters under the bus because we didn't look at your resume, right? We didn't look at your resume for a reason, right? Because it may not be relevant um, for that role. Kelly. The other
1: thing, sorry, I was going to say, the other thing to it. be um, mindful of as a candidate, if you don't want to do it, do not bring it up. The one thing that if we can't see your pattern and what your true passion is in six seconds on a resume, it's confusing to us. That means you don't know what you want to do. So if I was a print designer, you know, you don't find that on my resume anymore. You know, it's not what I want to do anymore. Um, don't feel like just because you, you did a job, you should put it on your resume. Not everything needs to go on your resume. The other thing, too, is, um, stay, you know, staying relevant. Um, titles change a lot. You know, we've been in, Adam and I have been in the business a long time. What we used to call, um, you know, like op creative operations, we now call like resource managers. Change your resume. So just change Be your not You're not lying. You're keeping up, you're, you're staying on trend. Um, also, I don't, we don't really, it's not really relevant what you did past seven, ten years ago. We don't work like that anymore. Um, I don't, the way we worked seven, 10 years ago, the way I worked two years ago is so different than the way I'm working now. Absolutely. Stay relevant stay on trend.
0: And, and that's an interesting point. So Kelly, how do you, how do you interpret and how do you address gaps on a resume and gaps on the career? Two questions. How do you view, view it? And then how do you handle it during a, a interview process?
1: Gaps, meaning they haven't worked for a year?
0: Yes. So, yeah. So they've been out of work for eight, nine, 10 months, a year, a year and a half.
1: Well, I don't have a problem. I don't personally have a problem with that in my field and in what I do. People taking sabbaticals is very common. Um, and if for whatever reason you haven't been hired for a year, even though you've been looking, you are immediately consulting. Like you're just you, you know what I mean. Like you're you're on your LinkedIn and on your resume. If you haven't had a job in a year, your XYZ company and you're a consultant, and that's what you're. And at least that will fill in the gap and never tell anybody don't tell the recruiter and don't tell you know just say hey i've been looking i haven't found the right one or i've been enjoying consulting you know that kind of you are still trying to sell yourself
0: yeah absolutely i think optics are important as well and we're not talking about lying right cuz nope. that will come through in any background check and that always comes through in the reference check but we're talking about what you want people to hear and think about you right like you're selling yourself you're selling your own personal brand and i think that's that's really important as well Kelly, this has been incredible, extremely helpful. Um, any final thoughts that you want to leave the, the job seekers of the world out there with?
1: Um, there's a lot of opportunity out there. You know, you, we, we do hear about automation taking over jobs and it's just not true. We need people to fix the robots. We need people to fix the computers. Um, if you find yourself in a job that you think is going to be off the market or, you know, dead in, you know, 10 years because of automation, um, start to, start now. Flip your career. It's possible. People are doing it all the time. Don't hold on to something that's going to be dying. Jump onto the future. Um, you know, there's a lot of great jobs out there. You can, you know, if you're still fine, struggling, get, you know, become an Uber driver, become a Lyft driver, you know, keep yourself busy, keep yourself out there. Um, maintain a positive attitude. There's a lot of work out there that we yep. and we don't have the talent. I mean, Adam and I are constantly being asked to find it's a good economy. Corals and <laughs> you know, um, there's just a lot out there.
0: Yeah, th- th- that's that's absolutely true. Like, put yourself out there, be relevant, um, and also just you know, be mindful of you know, you're talking to another human on the phone. I mean, we have jobs to do, we have families also. We're all in this together, and we are trying to help you. Remember right. that. That's something like good recruiters. We 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 really love do do love to help people. Um, Kelly, this has been fantastic. How can people get in touch with you?
1: Um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is good. That's, I'm, I'm, that's always the best way. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well, Kelly, this has been great, everybody. Um, again, Kelly Miller here. She is the Manager of Talent Acquisition over at Critical Mass. I appreciate her time, and we'll be back. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: Bye. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.